0: Welcome to the first ever Greater Finance Podcast episode. My name is Alex and I'm your host today. With us we got Alex De Vries, a data scientist working for the Dutch Central Bank. Alex is a crypto bull but has some major concerns about Bitcoin's current consensus algorithm called proof of work, which leaves a big footprint on the environment right now. According to current estimates, the Bitcoin system actually consumes more energy than countries like Sweden and the Netherlands. I learned a lot from this episode and want to highlight what Alex is bringing up in the end, that Bitcoin is a fantastic innovation and is so much more than just a pain for the environment. However, this episode is focusing on the environmental problem alone and I think Alex makes some great arguments about that. Bitcoin has always been up for scrutiny and will continue to be so, and therefore I think it's important that we embrace major challenges and constantly stay open-minded on how we can improve this system together. At the end of the day, if Bitcoin continues its success story, it will be a win for all of our soon-to-be 8 billion inhabitants on Earth. With that said, let's go and meet Alex. All right, perfect. So, hi, Alex. Welcome to today's show. Hello. Nice having you here. You are a data scientist at the Netherlands Bank and founder of the Digiconomist. That is a platform that is dedicated to exposing the unintended consequences of digital digital trends. Correct, yes. And uh, one of the most talked about digital trends these days is uh, Bitcoin and its mining process, which consumes a staggering amount of energy and affects the environment that we are living in. And yes. uh, you've been writing a lot about this. And I found it very interesting to have you on this podcast to talk a bit more about this uh, problem.
1: Yes, I've been writing about this topic since 2016. So before it got very big in the mainstream media. Um Uh, If you are wondering why did I even start, I personally read an article about the energy consumption of Bitcoin back in 2015 when someone wrote that a single Bitcoin transaction was consuming as much electricity as an average U.S. household in one and a half days. And for me, that was an eye-opening moment because I realized, okay, that is a staggering inefficiency for a single transaction. And I wondered why nobody was writing about it at the time. I looked for research, but I could only find some outdated papers and there was no live source of information. And given that if you are a Bitcoin user, you're typically not confronted with this type of cost. Like If you are the user, you're not paying the electricity bills. Um, Yeah, I thought there was a need for people to get informed about this. And that's why I created the Bitcoin Energy Consumption Index that's now hosted on the Digiconomist blog, and that's providing a live source of information with daily numbers on the Bitcoin network.
0: Yes, uh, that is a really cool source that I've been looking into, and I want to uh, talk about that one a bit today. Uh, but before we are, before we get going, I think it's relevant to understand why the Bitcoin network is consuming so much energy. Uh, can you please give us a background of uh, of why that is the case?
1: Yes, of course. Well, ultimately, in Bitcoin, you have a situation that Bitcoin, like other cryptocurrencies, is an open network. There is nobody controlling, owning these networks. So anyone can theoretically join their machines and help maintaining this system. And there is a embedded reward for doing that. So... In Bitcoin, over time, new Bitcoins are released to the people that are helping, assisting in maintaining the blockchain, processing new transactions for the underlying system. And that mining part is also where the energy consumption is coming from. Because if you're putting your machine to work for creating these new blocks, you have to make sure that they satisfy a certain predetermined condition. And what what this really comes down to is a big game of guess the number where you have every machine in the network trying to guess a certain winning number and the moment they guess it, they get to create the next block for the blockchain. So it's kind of like a big lottery where all these machines are running, producing a whole lot of guesses, trying to make the next block for the blockchain, which will get them a reward, but obviously spending a whole lot of resources in that process. So the whole Bitcoin network combined per today, is making around 160 quintillion calculations every second of the day nonstop. It's a process of trial and error. So you could imagine it, what they're doing effectively, and they're trying to guess a number. So you can maybe visualize it as someone asking, hey, is it one, is it two, is it three? Except they do it 100 quintillion times every second up until the moment someone gets the right number and then they get to produce the next block and then the whole cycle restarts again but meanwhile someone gets to take the reward which is 6.25 bitcoins at the current rate that is in the thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars for making a new block Um, so yeah there is that process in the background which provides this reward for participating and ultimately spending resources in this huge lottery. And on the whole, this network is now also consuming as much electricity in this process as a country like the one I live in, the Netherlands. So this is where the pain of the Bitcoin network is. It's in the mining, it's in the whole lottery process that ultimately makes new blocks for the blockchain.
0: Right. So why do you think the founder, Satoshi Nakamoto, decided to have this uh, consensus uh, way of finding consensus called proof of work. Why do you think he decided to go yes. with this?
1: Well, it's a way to keep the network secure hey, by making the computers make effectively useless computations, because if a guess is wrong, it's not serving any other purpose. It just gets discarded, but it serves a security purpose. Because let's say if you want to attack this network, then you need to get a majority of this computational power in the network that's when you can can start doing stuff like perhaps even paralyzing the network completely, making sure no more transactions are processed. But it also means that in order to have this majority, you need to make more of these computations than the ones that are currently making these computations. So it's it's a security feature. It's effectively protecting the network through forcing participants to make useless computations. And I've previously compared this to what happened last year in Europe after COVID first hit? We had airlines trying to keep their flight slots by flying empty planes, which is in a very abstract way similar to what miners are doing. They're making useless computations for ultimately the purpose of keeping the Bitcoin network secure.
0: All right, all right. Even in the first in, in the first few days of uh... Uh, Bitcoin we had Hal Finney one of the first Bitcoin users tweeting thinking about how to reduce CO2 emissions from a widespread Bitcoin implementation he was very early seeing that this problem would arise however as you mentioned the proof of work the mining process is there to uh, create security around the decentralized network do you think there is any other way a sustainable way to run a totally trustless decentralized network network
1: yes well let me just first of all say that it's it's amazing to think that you already had someone just two weeks after bitcoin was first launched when nobody knew what bitcoin was and when there was no massive environmental impact because it was only just existing yet already realizing that this type of system if it was adopted at any significant scale would cause massive problems because it's it's inefficient by design that's that's the security model and for me it's it had to for someone to be thinking about that at that early stage is still amazing to me and it's even more uh, interesting to know that we still have that locked on uh, twitter and you can still see that tweet live so it, it, it took many others, well, including myself, I didn't leer, learn about this specific issue until it was 2015. So it's it's, it's incredible uh, to to be able to see that and, and see someone thinking that far ahead. But anyway, um, and now we're in the present, and now everyone realizes that yes, this indeed came became reality. Uh, it indeed became an, an issue at a big scale. And now we have to wonder, how are we going to solve it? Well, there's various ways we could do something about this problem, but there's only one way we can solve it, which is to completely replace the mining algorithm with something else entirely, which is possible nowadays. There's alternatives to mining, which is known as proof of work. There's alternatives like proof of stake is the most popular one or the most named alternative. And those alternatives, they don't require uh, the use of machines to generate computations. You still have a sort of lottery system, but then your chance of winning depends on how much wealth do you have in proof of stake rather than how much computational power do you have in proof of work. So if there is no incentive to have this specialized equipment, then yeah. Uh, You can reduce the energy need of a system like this by 99.95% actually, plus you don't need any special hardware to run it. Like in Bitcoin, nowadays you can't just participate with any type of machine. You need to have specialized um, application-specific integrated circuit devices because they are simply the best at making this specific type of computations. But they can't really do anything else besides that, which is a shame because if they're no longer profitable, which typically happens in one and a half years, the only thing you can do with them is just throw them away. So you're also left with a big pile of electronic waste down the line. But again, that issue is also not there in proof of stake systems. You there's no reason to buy specialized, highly efficient machines. You can just run it on any device that's connected to the internet and then you solve definitely the environmental issue and then a second part is what does it return in terms of security Uh, i think people have to keep in mind that if you're making a change like this it's always a trade-off between various different aspects environment is one of them and uh, proof of stake is absolutely superior to proof of work in an environmental perspective but there's many more layers to making a change like this and in fact making the change itself is a risky thing if you're making changes to a public blockchain any type of change something can go wrong and that's really hard to correct on a distributed system because nobody can just run back the upgrade that's 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 impossible so there's a risk there and of course there is a risk that it doesn't offer the same sense of level of security that is originally offered by proof of work as well and ultimately this really depends on how you make that alternative like even in proof of stake you can make many different versions of proof of stake type systems so there is not one version of proof of stake there's actually many different mm-hmm. varieties of it and they all have their own futures and features and, uh, features and uh, their own trade-offs that will be relevant if you're considering using that for something like bitcoin which is by the way possible huh? it, it is possible for bitcoin to go and migrate to one of these alternatives but um, this is something you will have to consider up front like, What's, what's going to be the change. And then I always remind people that proof of work itself doesn't offer perfect security either. And we often think that Bitcoin has been running on this algorithm for 12 years. So at least the security model must be solid. But we have seen that we have significant concentrations in Bitcoin mining system all around. And we have seen physical concentrations of mining machines in a single country. We Historically, yeah. 65% of Bitcoin miners have been in China. Uh, that is a security risk. Theoretically, if the Chinese government were to confiscate all that equipment, they would have an easy time performing a majority attack on Bitcoin. Additionally, these miners tend to combine their computational power in mining pools. Again, those are single servers that ultimately control the majority of all this physical equipment. And it's just a handful of servers that that you ultimately need to attack this network, um, which is again, a risk. It's never been abused, but it's a risk. And then there is the fact that a single producer Bitmain is responsible for producing up to 80% of Bitcoin mining devices. And a few years ago, they already implemented a backdoor in those machines. So there, there is various security incidents or risks that are just waiting to happen with a, a proof-of-work based system. And that's something that isn't fixable because ultimately, if you're running proof-of-work, what you really need is, well, A, the best equipment, B you need low energy rates and you need constant power. And what this does, it always drives miners to the same location. So even if China is now perhaps banning Bitcoin mining completely, and we have seen some messages that point in that direction very recently, but we have to see how that develops. But even if that were to happen, all these miners are just going to go to the next best location. So you'll keep having these concentrations in the system, and ultimately, it doesn't matter how much computational power you have in a network if they're all in the same location. Yeah, it's it's mm. just fake security. So, um, the, the, it's a complicated trade-off when you're making a comparison with proof-of-stake-based systems. They have different security models. Like you can still attack proof of stake-based system, except you need to get a majority of the wealth in the system rather than the computational power. So it's a different attack vector, but, um, it's, it's, it's perhaps not a perfect alternative to proof of work, but proof of work itself is not perfect either. So it's, it's a very complicated thing. Once you start looking at this from a security perspective.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. And I think you really, take the point there because you're highlighting that it's not easy at all you have other consensus systems such as proof of stake as you mentioned there that is trying to solve the environmental part of uh, proof of work but they do other trade-offs as well
1: yes and it will be interesting to see how things will progress in ethereum uh, the second largest cryptocurrency of the moment Uh, about uh, I think what what is it nowadays a third of the size of Bitcoin something like that they're running on proof of work and actively working on making this specific change so moving from proof of work to a proof of stake based system and it will be extremely interesting to see if they first of all succeed at all and you know if if after that uh, it, it proves to be a good enough alternative to proof of work because if it is yeah then i wouldn't see any reason anymore why uh, the bitcoin community would continue to hold back on making a similar change like if we can show it works in one system uh, and we know that the ethereum community is a bit more progressive in general so they that's why they are working on doing this already then if that works yeah then it's something you could ultimately do in bitcoin as well and then um, That would be my ideal solution to all of these problems because then we can just keep the Bitcoin and Ethereum essentially the way they are, except without the massive environmental footprint.
0: Definitely. I think the Bitcoin maximalists will will definitely push back on you there when it comes to uh, things like monetary policy and how easy it is to make changes in in Ethereum, theory, etc. Uh, but I think that's for another uh, discussion for another time. Uh, I'm very interested to hear about the renewable energy discussion when it comes to Bitcoin, because me, uh, I'm more of the uh, monetary side, mon- like monetary policy, etc. So I haven't really read on about uh, the mining problems and what I hear is that the renewable energy will solve the problems for Bitcoin. What do you say about that?
1: Well, the problem is you can't really sustainably waste resources. That is an oxymoron. You can't make a whole lot of use. For, you're literally making useless computations and doing that in a green way is kind of a bizarre combination. Uh, because then we'll just end up wasting a lot of renewable energy we could have probably used in a better way. Um, and let's, let's, let's look at the situation right now, how we know that this network for a large part, isn't using renewable energy. In fact, the majority is running on fossil fuels. And historically that has always been Xinjiang, the province of Xinjiang in China, where they can get a whole lot of coal. But what has somewhat offset the impact of the network is that during the summer months the miners in China tend to migrate to the south when, uh, when it's the rain season. And in the south, they are producing a little bit of excess hydropower during that time. That's what miners have been taking advantage of for the past years. And that's what, on average, reduces the carbon impact on this of this network uh, uh, by quite a bit. Because for four months a year... At least the network is green. But there you also see the issue with using renewables for Bitcoin mining, which is that even this source of renewables is only available for four months. You can only get it for one season and that's it. And the rest of the year, well, they had to move back to the north of China and run on coal um and this is a general problem when you're talking about excesses of renewable energy is that they're they're not constant enough and These sources tend to be inter- intermittent to some level seasonal or even intraday if you're talking about solar energy and if you're mining bitcoin you you're you're typically you want to run these machines 24 7 all year long and the reason for that is the moment you get a bitcoin miner It will have a certain earning capacity, depending on its proportional share of the network's computational power, but because other people are constantly adding more machines, your share is constantly getting smaller. So that's why in just one and a half years time, at some point your earnings will fall really low, but your cost will stay high and then your machine becomes unprofitable and then it's worthless. So you have a very very limited period to earn back your money. And, and, you know, being offline for any period of time will mean that you're missing out on a level of income that's just never going to come back. So if you're you're the owner of a mining rig, you want to run your machine always. And then you have to establish that the most constant sources of power are still uh, fossil fuels. And that's why we're actually seeing that miners are now uh, more often taking advantage of... Obsolete fossil fuel sources rather than renewables. We've seen in the state of New York, miners reviving an old gas plant. We've seen more miners keeping alive a coal plant in Montana. We have seen Kentucky even making beneficial regulations for Bitcoin miners because they're like, hey, we have obsolete coal and we have no use for it, but hey, we can dump that on Bitcoin miners, so we can save some jobs that way perhaps. And that, that is a lot more, let's say, logical trend in our current energy transition. It's not like we have a whole lot of renewables left. We all need our renewables because we're trying to decarbonize our grids and meet our climate targets. So what is going to be left is fossil fuels that are turning obsolete and that happened to be able to provide a really great source of power for Bitcoin miners because they're both cheap and constant. So I don't, I don't see... Bitcoin becoming green in the near future, it's not green right now. And I I don't see any reason why that would change. I actually see the opposite happening, especially if China kicks out Bitcoin mining from the country, it's the only uh, major source of renewables at at the moment. So where are they going to get that amount of renewables elsewhere? Uh, It would actually perhaps accelerate the network running on more fossil fuels. But you know, let's 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 ignore that for a second and let's assume that by some magic way this network could be entirely fueled by excesses of renewable power. And I specifically use the word excess because if there is no excess, then you're having the you have some displacement probably going on. You could have used that energy to clean up the grid elsewhere. If it's an excess of power and if we have enough excess of green renewable energy for the entire network, then still we can't solve the network sustainability issues because it's not just energy use. It's also the specialized hardware I already mentioned. You have this hyper specialized equipment that is first of all, putting a whole lot of strain on the global semiconductor supply chain. We already have a chip shortage Mm -hmm. and. Yeah, to put it really simply, if we have a limited capacity available in terms of chips, um, yeah, we can choose to put those into Bitcoin miners or put those into personal electronic devices, uh, hand, desktops, uh, laptops, phones, uh, even electric vehicles, they all need the same chips, but we can only use them once. So there's indirect consequences for from the demand for this type of hardware and then down the line, you're left with a big pile of electronic waste, which is, if you look at it on a per transaction level, you could say that the uh, a single Bitcoin transaction is already equivalent to throwing away an iPhone 12 mini in terms of material. So that this is a problem that comes on top of the energy use of the network and that just cannot be addressed by any amount of green energy, even if you can get the network in that direction which i don't believe Uh, so i i I don't see that as a solution for the issues that this network has
0: i see interesting interesting arguments there Um, you actually mentioned there the bitcoin per transaction basis i think uh, the goal of bitcoin is to scale in layers so all the transactions that happening they won't be settled on the bitcoin network but uh, prefer like they will settle on or they will be traded on layer two like lightning network and there you can do millions of transactions and then just settle one transaction on the bitcoin network so in reality it looks like one transaction has been made but it has been one million transactions done you get what i'm where i'm going
1: Yes, well, the scaling of Bitcoin is a completely separate problem and it's actually adding to the frustration here because what what is the case today is that this network does not scale. Uh, solutions like the Lightning Network are mm, well not really uh, being used at the moment. Um, there's a lot of technical issues there uh, if you just want to use it. But um, the, the, the thing is that if you look at Bitcoin itself, without any scaling solutions, right now it can process seven transactions per second at maximum. That's not that's not enough to do anything. Like you can't. If if you look at a payment provider like Visa, they can do sixty-five thousand transactions per second. So if you want Bitcoin to be able to do anything at all, Bitcoin must scale. And because it doesn't scale at the moment, you get these really extreme transaction footprints because the amount of transactions that can happen is limited, but the amount of energy this system can consume isn't limited. It's related to the value of Bitcoin if the price goes up. So does the environmental impact of the network because people can earn more money from mining, so they will use more machines to do so. Um, now, had the, there's various ways to scale Bitcoin. One, one is you use centralized, trusted third parties, but, you know, the whole point of Bitcoin was to get away from that if we're going to use parties like Coinbase or Bitstamp or uh, <laughs> that's that's beyond the point of Bitcoin. You know, we can all revert back to the traditional financial system. If that's the case, then we don't need Bitcoin at all. Um, so what we really need is trustless second layer solutions like the Lightning Network, but they have so far uh, Field to deliver um, it's, it's a very complicated thing to discuss uh, even if you're opening a lightning channel as it's called it's kind of like you have an additional wallet that exists outside of Bitcoin but you need to top it up with some money first and that still requires a Bitcoin transaction so it's not like this second layer system is completely independent of the first layer and you still need to get your money Locked into the second layer, and from time to time you will have to top up your balance and require again require a a first layer transaction. And it's currently unclear how how much of a benefit can ultimately be achieved, especially um, considering that this Lightning Network works the best with large centralized payment hubs in it. But then again, you're just going through. the the trusted institutions that we already have today. So it's not really making it a trustless decentralized layer on top of Bitcoin. It's, it's usually complicated to get it right and it's still being developed. Um, But it's, it's, it's totally unclear if it will ever be practically usable for most people. And even if that's the case, what will be the benefit we can achieve by that? Because yes, theoretically, you can have millions of transactions going through one transaction, um, have one Bitcoin transaction that way, as you mentioned. But how, how? what will the ratio be in practice? Will people just top up their balance just a little bit? Will it be a lot? Like, yeah, there's uh, it's, 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 it's completely un, unclear what can be achieved that way
0: yeah it definitely is and i think you have to put it into different trust layers, so to say you give up or you you have to trust put trust in there maybe on layer two but the goal here is to keep the bitcoin network uh trustless basically and have it as a settlement layer Uh, so hypothetically then if lightning network uh, went as we hope it will go like that it it works and you can do millions or even billions of of transactions like instantly and only have to open and close channels like every now and then so you for every hundred million transactions you have to do one transaction on chain such scenarios open up for a totally new financial paradigm right like a whole new way of trustless uh, trustlessness, basically, compared yes. to what we have today.
1: Yes, but it is not the case that uh, that Bitcoin's environmental impact will not increase at the same time. Uh, so I, I once ran a thought experiment that went like this huh, because I, I just said, okay, let's assume for a moment there is no scaling issues at all in Bitcoin. So it can process an infinite amount of transactions. And regardless of the way it's done, let's, let's just assume it's possible. And then I asked, what do you think that would mean for the value of Bitcoin? Let's say the entire world adopts Bitcoin and everyone's using the system to do their payments. What's going to be the resulting value for a single Bitcoin? And I think I did this in a room full of Bitcoiners and everyone said like the Bitcoin price is going to be at least a million and probably 10 million. Which is not that crazy. <laughs> if, if, if Because right now it's hardly possible to use Bitcoin for anything, but it's already valued at around $50,000. Uh, so if that were to be the case, then... Those Bitcoin miners would be getting as much money as the entire U.S. federal budget to spend on resources, which would still blow up. Like today, we're already talking about one percent of global electricity consumption for all these proof-of-work currencies combined, and that's at a. Well, we're talking about a Bitcoin price of fifty thousand dollars. So, if we're talking about a Bitcoin price of five million dollars, uh, a hundred-fold increase. Yeah, uh, I, I assume we won't be uh, doubling the world's energy need to uh, power Bitcoin, but um, it, the amount used by Bitcoiners will it will be massive. And and somewhere along the line, governments would of course you know, pull the brakes. <laughs> uh, but had the, the the upward potential there from a Bitcoin price of of five million per coin would be insane, and it's 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 we, we we are not prepared or not capable of servicing the demand the Bitcoin network will have if that ever gets to that point. Um, and which which kind of shows that no scaling solution will really fix this issue because ultimately it's it's really related to what is the value of Bitcoin, and I think everyone agrees in that. If, if this happens and everyone uses Bitcoin, then you know, it's, it's just going to blow up even more than it's already the case.
0: Don't you think that it, also... It is, ride... Sorry, you go.
1: Uh, yeah, I did want to say that you know, scalability is something that needs to be solved regardless of the environmental issues because if it doesn't get solved, then you will never be capable of using Bitcoin for anything more than just a niche market. Uh, this, so this it's it's an entirely it's it's not unrelated, but it's it's a big problem by itself, and this needs to be fixed for Bitcoin to become a, a serious global payment uh, method or currency.
0: Yeah, I see. I think you make lots of valid points there. And price going up attracts new miners, and that is going to have a detrimental impact on the environment we're living in, and that is the equation. As I understand it, you are trying to make, is that correct? Like if price going up, more miners will join yes. and they will do more computations and they need to get energy for that. And therefore we will have more CO2 emissions in <laughs> in society.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's a very basic relationship. If, if any increase in the value of Bitcoin increases the amount of money that the Bitcoin's have that are being mined by the miners. so if you get 20 or you get 6.25 bitcoins per block if the bitcoin price doubles you'll make twice as much money it's it's that simple um and that also means that there is a bigger incentive like mining will become more profitable so you have a bigger incentive to keep adding machines while it's profitable to do so and those machines are gonna be responsible for consuming a lot of energy and have their own carbon footprint associated with it. So it's, it's a very basic relationship and you can use that relationship to also predict the future energy consumption and footprint of the network to large extent.
0: All right. And what do you think is the solution then? Because uh, we, as I understand it, it's gonna be very hard to convince the Bitcoin community to change consensus algorithm from proof of work to, for example, proof of stake that is much more friendly for the nature
1: well, yeah. There's internal things you can do, and there's external things you can do. Internally, the only real change you can make is, you know, abolishing the whole proof of work part and replacing it with a green alternative. And I think that would ultimately be best for everyone because it would uh, prevent drastic external measures. Uh, yeah, if if you implement proof of stake in Bitcoin, then Bitcoin can just keep on going. Probably the way it is going today, except without the environmental side effects. If it doesn't get uh, changed by the community itself, it's pretty likely that at some point, every government will ban investing in proof of work assets. Like the only way you can really hurt the energy consumption of this network externally is you can either ban miners from your network, but that only increases the cost of mining. So it's not a full fix. Like you can still put these machines at your home and then the the best way to reduce the environmental impact is to lower the value of Bitcoin, because that's the key driver of this energy consumption. Yeah, the only way to do that is preventing people from putting their money into these assets. So, hey, if, if there is no change internally, I think that as this network keeps on growing, it will incentivize more people, more governments to take really drastic action and, and completely ban investments in proof of work assets altogether. Um, and we, we've already seen increasing government attention right now for this specific type of networks. We have seen Bitcoin miners getting banned. Um, in, in Mongolia was a specific case where miners got kicked off the grid. Um, we've seen something similar happen in New York where they revived a natural gas plant for Bitcoin mining that the government said, okay, we're going to impose a moratorium on Bitcoin mining for the next several years. Uh, that's just focusing on Bitcoin mining for now, but it's not hard to imagine that this, this will escalate as the impact of the system grows because a lot of government officials, they're serious about meeting their climate targets and they do see this as an obvious threat to that. So yeah, makes I, sense. I, I, I hope it doesn't get to that point, but um, yeah, uh, for me, it would be ideal if Ethereum shows that you can make a switch from proof of work to proof of stake and then Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin community realizes, okay, we can do this too. That would be my ideal scenario. But yeah, if that doesn't happen, then uh, the only outcome I see is that if the price keeps going up, governments will start taking increasing amounts of uh, actions that will damage Bitcoin in more ways. Yeah.
0: So you see it's like inevitable that Bitcoin is going to fail if they stay on their proof-of-work consensus algorithm.
1: Well, I, Bitcoin will never disappear. Huh? That's that's Bitcoin is built to be censorship resistant, and nobody can shut it down. So Bitcoin will continue to exist, but it can be the case that it will become impossible or practically impossible for most people to invest their money in this type of assets, which would kind of wipe it out from the market. Um, yeah, but uh, i I'm I'm, I'm not having any illusion that Bitcoin will uh, disappear one day. It's like, it's not possible to shut it down. That's that's how it was intended. But yeah, since everyone gets in this type of systems to regulate at centralized parties, like you need to go to an exchange and put your dollars or euros into Bitcoin before you have them, then yeah, those are points that you can uh, use to target the system and, and prevent people from doing that. And impact the value ultimately. So yeah, Bitcoin will, will, will definitely stay around, but if, if it keeps running on proof of work, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be extremely hard to still get some Bitcoins in several years from now.
0: Okay, interesting. If we look outside the Bitcoin ecosystem and see the current Green Deal and the EU taxonomy for sustainable finance, do you think such measures will be coming up in in those as well. So in the EU taxonomy, for example, that we will see they kind of trying to to forbid Bitcoin or um, like if you, you, for example, if you use renewable energy for Bitcoin mining, do you think they would be accepted by the EU taxonomy? Because at the end of the day, many things or basically everything we do in our our world is using energy in one way or another. And Bitcoin is, of course, extreme in the sense and many people think that the mining process is just unnecessary and it's just a waste, basically. Other people think the opposite, that it's here to secure the network, etc. But anyway, I think for a company, Bitcoin mining company, I think they can make the case at least for using renewable energy so they can be accepted by the regulators and go under the EU taxonomy. Do you think uh, that is likely, or how do you uh, think this will play out?
1: The, the, there's no no escape with green energy. That's the um, I think Chia is already proving that. I don't know if you've seen the the cryptocurrency Chia, but it's a it's a, it's a relatively small one. They use proof of space, which means that they have uh, they use hard drive space for their consensus algorithm. Um and what that is, that is leading to is they use less energy for running those hard drives but they're they're literally wrecking the hard drive market and the the, 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 the small coin but nevertheless already completely wrecking the entire ssd uh, market because if you put any SSD to work on Chia, it will probably break down in just six weeks time. So it's, it's, it's a huge monster that just eats through uh, specifically hard drives. This is sparking a lot of outrage already. Like People are already writing about this and it should like make you realize that if Bitcoin gets all its energy green or okay, all its energy sources green, then still people are going to be extremely focused on this other part, which is the hardware use, which is just as prevalent in Bitcoin. It's not like Chia is the first system to waste hardware, but it's just that in Bitcoin, we don't really talk about the hardware waste because the energy waste is a more obvious issue. But it it should be obvious that if we somehow fix that energy and we, we, we I guess if, if, if we are somehow okay with that being done on, on renewable energy, then still we're going to be focusing more on this other side and that still wouldn't be an acceptable thing, especially given that for this small token, it's already sparking such a massive reaction. People are going to be having the same reaction once they realize that it's no better for Bitcoin. <laughs> it's even worse because Bitcoin is a whole lot bigger than Chia. Uh, but yeah, again, the, the energy consumption right now functions as a lightning rod for the, for the electronic waste uh, issues in Bitcoin. But that will definitely change if you somehow get it green.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, this has been a real eye opener so far for me. And uh, I've been talking with lots of friends that are more on the technical side, or, or we've had more technical discussions, and they are highlighting the, the problems of migrating to proof of work. And uh, personally, I think it's going to be very exciting and, and I'm very interested to see how this all plays out because I I cannot really see or imagine the Bitcoin community accepting to change into uh, a way of going away from the current Bitcoin mining process. But eventually it might be needed if you know if the existence hangs on it and if they don't go away from from the mining process I guess they have no choice but (laughs) maybe move to proof of stake and as you say there if Ethereum now successfully managed to migrate there and it's going good I mean why not
1: it's a big big risk for Ethereum network to to be doing this they are extensively testing the software but if there is for some reason some bug left in the code if it's on a blockchain, it's it's an immutable bug and that can be hugely troublesome. Um, so that's that's of course a real risk when you're making an attempt like this, getting the whole community aligned is the second uh, hardest issue. Um, because if you're making a change like this, again, there's no central authority that can say, as of tomorrow, we're gonna do this. Everyone has to make that decision in the network by themselves. Um, And we know that when you're migrating to proof of stake, then at least one part of the group will not agree, which is the minus. So the question is, what's the rest of the ecosystem going to do? And we have seen before what happens if not everyone agrees on making a change like this. We have seen in Bitcoin, we now have Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash because they disagreed on raising the transaction limit. We already have Ethereum and Ethereum Classic. This can happen with a change like migrating from proof of work to proof of stake where you end up with proof of work Ethereum and proof of stake Ethereum and then how much is each going to be valued at or will it hurt the value of both if, if something like that were to happen. We don't know that this is where the real risk is. We don't know how how this will play out and getting getting everyone, you know, getting first of all the solution ready and then getting everyone on board on doing that is, is extremely difficult. Um, but yeah, again, if, if they succeed and they have succeeded in the past, then we should notice in hey, making big changes that also required a similar upgrading process. You know, this is a more controversial change, but they have made similar uh had they succeeded in processing a similar upgrade process before if they can get it done it would be a great example model for bitcoin especially if the ethereum price picks up a lot after such a change like if everyone suddenly realizing that ethereum is a proper green alternative and yeah, it could boost the value of ether and I, I suppose that if you're a bitcoiner and you see first of all that it can be done it works and it's good for the value. Then, yeah, then especially the last bit might be a reason to start considering doing it in Bitcoin as well, because ultimately, mm-hmm. if you own Bitcoin and you just want that value to be as high as possible, <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: we'll have yeah. to see. It's it's it is it is definitely not a given that everything will just happen in this way in Ethereum. Like they've been planning to move to proof of stake since the very beginning. Mm. And they now plan to do it by the end of this year, maybe start of next year. But we have absolutely zero guarantee it will actually happen. So fingers crossed. (laughs)
0: Uh, Definitely, and I think you make an interesting case there around the investment thesis for especially Ethereum uh, migrating to proof of stake. You know, the people who are not that involved in the cryptocurrency space coming there and showing all the graphs of how bad Bitcoin is for for the environment versus how good. Ethereum is for the environment. I mean, uh, me personally, even though I lean more towards the Bitcoin camp, I, I'm still interested in Ethereum, but I, I think that Ethereum is much better primed to get <laughs> pumped or whatever I should use, whatever word I should use uh, than Bitcoin. Due to to that simple fact, I mean, you know, I, I think the Ethereum community plays a lot on the proof of stake and how good it is for the environment these days. Yeah, yeah and sure. uh, yeah, I think it, it's gonna be it's gonna be extremely interesting to see how it all plays out. And yeah, I mean, yes. I, I hope for the success for Ethereum because that shows it's possible to to merge to proof of stake even for Bitcoin, as you said. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. So, if we are ten years in the future, where is Bitcoin then?
1: Well, it will be hard to say who, uh, how Bitcoin will be doing by then. Uh, especially if you if you were to ask for a price prediction. Uh,
0: uh, of, I'm, I'm more just, looking at the, the env- environmental impact because, yeah, the yeah. topic of today.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I definitely think that by then Bitcoin will either have moved to proof of stake by itself or governments will have taken action to ban all proof of work platforms, you know, and people from or companies from servicing proof of work type assets, um, yeah. Where will they leave Bitcoin? Now uh, that depends on what what's going to happen. Huh? If if Bitcoin goes the proof of stake route, then Bitcoin might dominate the entire cryptocurrency market. How big uh, that may be by that time. Um, yeah, and otherwise, well, hell, like I said, in any case, Bitcoin will be around in ten years. Uh, but yeah. The question is, in in what form exactly and what will be the value of Bitcoin, then (laughs) we'll have to find out.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. I agree with you there. I I read some interesting articles on Financial Times and some other newspapers, and I have three quotes here. The first one is, Bitcoin alone consumes as much electricity as a medium-sized European country. And as you said there, it consumes more than, than the Netherlands alone. Another one was, this is a stunning amount of electricity. It's a dirty business. It's a dirty currency. And finally, it should die for the common good of the planet and be replaced by a new model. It consumes more electricity than a country. All the rest is details. So yeah. if, we, if we dub them the mainstream media, I mean, they have a really strong case against Bitcoin. Especially, and and you do also have in terms of of how it works these days with uh, energy consumption, but you do also have lots of facts and uh, yeah, just go check out Gigi Economist and and see for yourself. It's quite quite deep and, and really cool information and and facts there.
1: Yes, and if I can add one more thing, there is that one one thing particularly that angers a lot of governments is that. For more than a decade, they've been pumping billions of subsidies into electric vehicles, attempting to clean up our roads. And then now they are realizing that this Bitcoin network is already completely negating every bit of carbon savings we have achieved through deploying electric vehicles. Around the world, everything added together. So, you know, they they really feel the pain of this because they know what they've been doing for the past decade to make this work. They know how much money they've been investing to make this work, and then they see this emerging cryptocurrency completely undoing all those efforts. And that's and that's hey, you have people say and you this is only a small part of global emissions, but Politicians will think about it in this way. They see all the money and effort they've put into making electric vehicles happen, and then they're like, "Okay, now we got a new currency, and, and it's completely undone all our uh, efforts in this direction." So they had this this is this is something that you should be mindful of when you try to add this perspective of this. And, and this is also why mainstream media, but especially politicians, are so extremely focused on this because they realized the scale of the impact of this system and, and yeah, they're just, like I said, extremely angry about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, you know Nick Carter, by the way? Nick Carter.
1: Well, I uh, know he doesn't like me. Oh,
0: he doesn't <laughs> like you? He's been talking about you?
1: He, he's, he keeps on talking about me despite having me blocked for, I don't know how long. So oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's basically the other side of you. I've been trying to to get a balanced view. I've been trying to read both your work and his work and um he made an argument that I think it would be interesting to hear your response on. He basically said that if you think about the financial system we have today with all the banks, with all the the offices, with the lights, with you know, etc and and he even brings it that far back to to kind of the, the state and how it's protected by the military, et cetera, you know, because, you know, Bitcoin is this kind of liberal movement. Uh, it doesn't have to be protected by anyone else except the miners. So the miners is basically the army that is the cost. And, and you know, in, in the United States, for example, uh, you know, the army is costing an enormous amount of money, but they are also contributing to a lot, to an enormous amount of pollution,
1: yeah, well, I mean, uh, one one response there is that Bitcoin will not end wars. It will not end nation states. Uh, there will be governments. There will be wars. That those things aren't going to go away. And you know, we, when we're looking at the energy consumption of Bitcoin, do you realize we are talking about the energy consumption of Bitcoin mining. We are not considering the whole ecosystem surrounding it. And just like in the traditional financial system, we have Bitcoin ADMs, we have Bitcoin exchanges where people work and, you know, that are part of the ecosystem and, it's kind of like the traditional bank offices uh, and exist actually currently next to the financial system. So it's not even Bitcoin is even capable of replacing the financial system right now. But we already talked about that's a completely different problem. It's not even just the environmental side. The scalability prevents Bitcoin from currently being capable of competing with that traditional system. So you first have to address that before you can start talking about the current day financial system. But even if you fix it and then start making that comparison, you're still going to run into a lot of other issues. Uh, and the fact that you still have an ecosystem built on top of Bitcoin, Um, yeah, you can replace the traditional banks, but then have Bitcoin banks instead. Okay um plus you know there is no system in the and there's no the current financial system no matter what way you look at it there's nothing that secures itself by making useless computations uh, that's that's ultimately where the pain is uh there's nothing quite like it it's not like the traditional financial system will get more efficient over time because they, they, they don't have a reward system where they ultimately are incentivized to waste more resource. They can employ more efficient machines and get more efficient over time. Bitcoin doesn't have that. If the mining income goes up, so does the energy consumption. So there's a lot of things that just don't work out when making this comparison. And nevertheless, I sometimes make... I, I even host this comparison on my, my blog. You can see like, okay, currently if you were to do a Bitcoin transaction, then you know, the carbon footprint of that is going to be more than a million times a Visa transaction. But you know, what, what does that say? Uh, well, it says that Bitcoin is right now extremely inefficient, but even with all the best effort in the world, it couldn't replace Visa. It's just incapable of it. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a whole lot of things into a single into a single argument, especially when you start talking about wars as well and nation states and those things are just not going to go away.
0: <laughs> mm. yeah, it's so interesting to hear like both sides actually, and and you definitely brought some really great insights and and interesting viewpoints. Uh, I mean, I, I'd consider myself as a Bitcoin maxi, and I'd love to argue against you, but I'm definitely not on that level, and I mean. You do have the facts, uh, which I appreciate that you could like present to to me today, and yeah, I I really need to kind of digest all the information you've given me today and uh, think more about it because this is like valid concerns and uh,
1: yeah and I hope people realize it's 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 ultimately just a small part of the Bitcoin software we're talking about. How we're talking about the mining. If you look at the entire Bitcoin software stack, it's 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 a very minor part. Um, but people are pretending as if you know that it's it's it would be the end of Bitcoin to replace it with a greener alternative and uh, i don't think that's the case i think it would actually make for a great investment thesis for bitcoin uh, to, to to try and do something like that especially if if others like ethereum show it can work so um yeah <laughs> uh, I, I think it would be healthy if people start looking at it like that where they don't tie the fate of bitcoin to it's proof of work system. Like Bitcoin is so much more than proof of work, and it would be. I think it would be great if people were just to see that.
0: Yeah, go greener, Bitcoin. That's the conclusion, I guess.
1: <laughs> For me, it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Any Any last remarks you, you'd like to to bring, bring up, Alex?
1: Well, I guess that's that's that. I hope it shows that people often perceive me as being the most hostile person that exists against Bitcoin. But I hope this shows that I'm not hostile against Bitcoin, just one part of Bitcoin that is, in my view, fixable. Um, But yeah, realizing that with the current environment and the current community it's it's really hard to have this discussion but let's see if that changes in uh, a couple of months
0: definitely it's hard to argue against the environmental impact even though you are a Bitcoin maxi I mean at the end of the day there are much more efficient systems however they do have their trade-offs as we've been talking about today and yeah it's been a really good learning session for me and I'm, I'm very happy that you you came on Alex so digicon digicon net. where else can they find you
1: well that's the best place to start looking and it will include a whole lot of links to uh, all my social media accounts where you can find me I'm primarily spending time on twitter uh, digieconomist with an extra e because the DigiEconomist handle was already taken but if you go through my blog then you will also find that link
0: yeah definitely do that give Alex a follow there So thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. I hope we can have another session in half a year or a year from now and see where we are then. Certainly. Thank you so much. Have a good one. welcome. What did you make out of this one? Isn't it exciting to see how the environmental impact Bitcoin has will play out? I was blown away by the knowledge Alex brought to the table today, and will try to open my own mind more to understand the potential single point of failure that such a strong system like Bitcoin has. I've always seen the proof-of-work consensus algorithm as necessary for Bitcoin, but as Alex was talking about, what if Ethereum's proof-of-stake migration is successful and shows that it's possible, and that Bitcoin as well can thrive in a system that is much more friendly to the environment? Will we then see Bitcoin transition to proof-of-stake as well? Only the future can tell and I think it will take years or decades and potentially even an existential threat to Bitcoin, whether it be regulations or a critical failure we don't know about yet in the current proof of work consensus system before any migration to another consensus system will happen. One thing I've learned so far is that governance and changes in Bitcoin is extremely slow and a potential change of consensus algorithm will be no different. Let's hope we can get a follow-up interview with Alex a year or so from now to see how things are progressing. And before I leave you, make sure to dig deep into the work Alex is doing. I was blown away by the amazing work he's been doing on digiconomist.net. All right, thank you for listening, and I hope to see you in another episode.